What's going on, everybody? Uh, I want to give a huge shout out right now to Back Sports Page, uh, Randy Zelia, for hooking us up with the opportunity. Uh, welcome to a brand new podcast that is presented by Back Sports Page, The Trifecta. Joined with me, and who will be continue, continuing to join me, are Tyrone and Ahmed. What's going on, guys? What's going on, man? That intro is, is hard, man. It goes hard. So to give everyone good, man. <laughs> to give everyone a little bit of a background, um, we've been trying to get this show going since the end of December, the beginning of January, and that you know time frame is since we've been trying to get this show on the road. So it's good to finally be here. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing I want to say is um, we're we are not going to be your typical sports podcast. We are going to be talking about everything. We are not going to shy away from our opinions. We are going to attack every topic head on. So I'm going to turn it over to Ty. Yeah, man. Super excited to get into the show finally. It's been a while, long journey. I know uh, a lot of my people have been waiting for you know me to get my voice out there. Here you go. Promises delivered on that. Um, you know, yesterday we had a really good Zoom call with the team. Um, discussing, you know, the events that's been happening since George Floyd's um, tragic passing by the hands of a police officer. Uh, that was pretty good because, you know, not a lot of bosses, even though Randy doesn't like to be called a boss, not a lot of bosses give their, you know, people opportunities to talk about such difficult topics on a, you know, large platform. So shout outs to BSP for that. Ahmed? Yeah, I was I was gonna say uh, just time in like with what's going on right now. Uh, I definitely appreciate Randy, Bill, everybody we got in our crew. Uh, uh, it's just really, really, really to to be able to have that support. Um, and and I agree like that conversation we had yesterday is kind of the first step, and it was it be said it needed to be uh, had. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to kind of building off of it and just going from there man yeah exactly um you know i'll be linking the conversation to my facebook page after you know we get done with the podcast so check it out when you have free time absolutely and you guys can also find the link on my facebook it's on youtube uh make sure you're following back sports page on every social media platform we got instagram facebook youtube uh we have it all you know Make sure you're checking out the great things we have going up on Back Sports page. So let's dive right into it. Yes, sir. Let's talk about the NFL players that are joining mm-hmm. the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, as you guys can see, I'm wearing a Stephon Gilmore Patriots jersey. The A bunch of players, or big-name players, I guess, you could say we got players ranging from Patrick Mahomes, Ezekiel Elliott, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, we have so many players that came together and made this incredible video uh, to fight racial injustice, to join the side of the Black Lives Matter movement. And it was a very, very powerful video. Hearing You could hear the sadness and the hurt that these guys feel on a, on a daily basis knowing that they are looked at on a higher pedestal, but mm-hmm. people of their color are still being treated unjustly. Mm-hmm. And it 
it must hurt them knowing that they have fans out there who aren't on their side. Yeah, um, I think what the great part about the video that I got from the video is that, you know, they were finally able to use their platform. You know, the NFL, they're not a player's league. You know, they haven't been a player's league for a long time. And, you know, they don't want their people to speak out on political issues. But the great thing that I got from that video is that um, they got a chance to connect with their audience, right? They got a chance to not, you know, only shut up and dribble as, you know, one, you know, news anchor told LeBron to do. They actually got a chance to, you know, have their voice heard, which is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I, which I guess will lead to the next point is Roger Goodell came out and issued a second apology regarding how the NFL handled the peaceful protests that went on when Colin Kaepernick was still in the league. I listened to his statement. I listened to his apology and he has still yet to even acknowledge the fact that what they did to Kaepernick was wrong. He didn't, they, he didn't reference him at all. He didn't even consider apologizing to him. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, until we hear that apology from Goodell, specifically to Colin Kaepernick, I don't think it hold much, holds much weight. Well, for me, it's going to have to do more than an apology, man. He's going to have to – what I would like to see Colin Kaepernick hired to work alongside Jay-Z. Um, you know, they created this position for Jay-Z last year as kind of like – I hate to say it, but as a diversity hire, um, you know, to handle issues within the communities. But I would like to see them extend that handout to Colin Kaepernick as well um, so he could, you know, continue to impact not only the community that he wants to impact, but also impact changes with inside the NFL itself. Because I'm not going to lie to you, the NFL is the least progressive league um, amongst professional sports out there. So Goodell's going to have to do more than an i sorry for me. No, I, I a hundred percent agree with that. What do you think I'm I mean, I think it's good. Like, like you guys said, like it definitely is not enough. Um, I even, I would, I would actually tie it back to that video of the, you know, the players, you know, stuff. And I, I know Ty, you mentioned, like the NFL is the least progressive league. And uh, I I think at the very least, like tying these things together, um, you look at the NBA, for example, you know, it is considered a player's league. And so I think tie in between these two things is that we can start heading in that direction. You know, we, you know, we, we always argue that like the commission, the commissioner is not doing it. Oh, there've been so many issues over the years, you know, that uh, have been just completely against the players. Obviously, Kaepernick is the biggest one. Um, and so my thoughts are that with what's happening, with the players uniting, with, like you said, Jay-Z, with making a difference in the communities, um, I think that's the, that, that's the that's what we can start with and that's what we can, you know, go mm -hmm. from. Because it's one thing to go, all right, uh, we can't, you know, oh, why is the NFL like so, why is the NFL so lacking 
obvious things, like be really clear. And hopefully this could be the first step to them just get the ball rolling on, on like obvious things, the obvious thing, trying to catch up with the NBA. That's really what they're doing right now. Yeah, man, you hit it on the head. Uh, I actually would like to see Goodell reach out to Adam Silver, you know, um, ask him, you know, how did he go about transitioning the league to become a player's league? I would like him to kind of, you know, reach out to these these um, figures that, you know, their sports are more progressive than the NFL because right now the NFL isn't, it isn't doing it. Like, I think – Goodell could do more with, you know, the Rooney rule. Like they they just updated the Rooney rule, but I would like to just see them really push hard to get, you know, some black and brown faces into ownership positions because until that happens, much like, you know, with United States having to vote and change their their leadership, I think the NFL needs to shake that up a bit. Um there's been a lot of old white guys in power for way too long. I think they, they need to have that step forward and, you know, really change the game. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point that both of you brought up. And I think what we do need to start seeing in the NFL as well is more players speaking up as well. Mm. We don't see enough of that. We see it all the time in the NBA. This one's holding out until this happens. This one and the coach aren't getting along. We don't see that a lot in the NFL. And I I genuinely believe that if more athletes started speaking up, I think again, just with anything else, as you see with the protests going on, speaking up works. And so I feel to get to the to the point that we would like to see the NFL at. I think the, some of the players need to start speaking up. Well, the great thing is they're not afraid yeah. of that mold yeah. that's been around their mouths for a long time, which is the league itself. You know, with with Goodell saying, you know, we, you know, believe in the protest. I guess that gives the players more power to actually speak up, which might have, uh, what? How do I say it? Which might have, um, you know, pushed the issue on getting that video out, right? Right. The BLM video. They're probably like, well, since Goodell's cool with it, <laughs> we can we can talk now, you know. And they came they came up with that amazing video, and of course they had to make the the most iconic, like, I guess as far as, um, iconic as far as you know connecting with the people. Odell be the finishing statement in that video, which is, which is great. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I think that anybody who watched that video and anybody who sees that video in the future, you know, even 10, 15 years from now, you know, when this is hopefully all over and, you know, people are going back and they see the, that video, I think it's really going to bring an impact on just how big th this whole thing is i, I mm. it, you know and again back to my earlier point with how many fans do they have that watch them on a on a weekly basis that don't support them you know what i mean and yeah. and so i feel like that's just a giant slap in the face 
Yeah, I mean, I like one thing I'll point out in the NBA is when you think, for example, Golden State Warriors, you think Steph Curry. When you think uh, Lakers, you think whoever, like LeBron, Kobe. You you kind of you you become a fan of a player. There there are teams in football that might be really really good. You know, like I'll give I'll give an example. The San Francisco 49ers last year made the Super Bowl, and I guess you might you a quarterback is, but it was a team sport that you know. Mm. I think I would I wouldn't be surprised if until the until they got to the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised if people didn't know Raheem Mostert or. Right. Or Debo Samuel. I'm I'm sure people didn't know these names, but these guys were prominent. You know, like we're in the big game, in the like in this in sport in the sport, and so that's I think like another hopefully ben, uh, beneficial uh, this video is the idea that like these players who are you know already kind of more popular and getting more and more support. The I, the hope is that they get even somewhat close to like NBA stardom. The idea that you could start rooting for Odell Beckham at the Cleveland Browns. The idea you can start uh, rooting for DeAndre Hopkins and the Arizona Cardinals if you're a fan of the Arizona Cardinals. And so I think that's what ho- what we're hoping for is that empowerment, that plant, because players typically haven't had that much power. If you see a holdout for especially running back, just to point yeah. out specific positions, yeah. you know, it's extremely expendable and you look at that kind of and like oh okay you want to hold out we'll get someone who's cheaper than you younger that's been the stance all we can ask for is that there's some sort of leverage or some sort of in between yeah no and and that's a great point that you brought up about in basketball being a fan of a specific player and then in football you're a fan of a team i've never seen people in any other sport root for somebody who switches teams, right? How many people are fans of KD when he was on the Thunder, when he's on the Warriors, now he's on the Nets, right? How many fans of Kyrie Irving, he was on the Cavs, he was on the Celtics, now he's on the Nets, right? Mm. The, that's one of the beauty, beautiful things about basketball, in my opinion, is that yeah. you don't have to root for a team. You can root for a player. And yes, basketball is a team sport 100% of the way, but it can also be led by a single player. Yeah, obviously five against one, the five are always going to win, but it's five on five with one superstar. Chances are that superstar is going to you know, steal the show. And I mean, as much as I am a Celtics fan, it hurt a few years ago when LeBron single-handedly wrecked us. And, you know, and <laughs> I'm sorry to kind of go off track here, but it really bothered me when, you know, they recorded the locker room after they won the Eastern Conference Finals and J.R. Smith and, you know, whoever else are in the locker room partying it up and LeBron sitting there with ice packs on his back and his legs and his arms and, like, he's soaking his legs in the ice bucket. It's like, come on, you guys didn't do anything. <laughs> But that, that is a great point, and back to what we were talking about, you can't really do that in the NFL, right? I can't sit here and be like, I'm just a fan of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I love the kid. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. But he just because he is a phenomenal quarterback doesn't mean that he may have the same success without that same cast in Kansas City. I don't know, man. Like, 
he, he probably won't have the same success, but, you know, as far as, you know, faces of the league, it, not all players are created equal, right? You know, quarterbacks, they have that NBA level stardom. They can reach that NBA level of, you know, stardom, you know, their fans traveling with them, like, you know, LeBron's fans travel with him. But um, the real issue is the, the in-the-trenches, nitty-gritty players, like players that, um, like like Shifa said, you know, Ned said about expendable running backs. I think that that's what the game needs. Those are the players that the game needs to uphold and kind of push up a little bit because quarterbacks have everything catered to them um, as far, in that regard. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes probably wasn't the best example, but I think you guys understood what I was trying to go for. Yeah, it's sure, just, yeah. You're able to – in football, it's not as easy <laughs> to root for a single player as it is in the NBA. Yes, sir. But that's going to bring us to our next point. A lot of people single-handedly were rooting for Drew Brees. A ton of people – Loved, loved the guy, or, you know, now past tense, loved him. And to be fair, when you think of the greatest to ever do do it in the football league to be one of the best quarterbacks, you think of Drew Brees, all the records he broke, that the fact that he's still playing. He's incredible. He's one of the best to ever do it. But he made some very controversial comments regarding – you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, he made a very insensitive comment saying that it's disrespectful to kneel for the flag. And <clears throat> Tyrone brought up a great point on the video that he referenced at the beginning of the show, the one that we recorded as a team of Back Sports Page. And to steal the words out of Tyrone's mouth, the flag is a broken symbol. And yeah, so... Yeah the feedback that Drew Brees got was incredibly negative. A lot of players were calling him ignorant or calling him out saying that he's uneducated. And a lot, even his team members were called his teammates, the guys that he's going to be in the locker room with for 16, 17 games, plus the postseason, calling him out for his comments. And, I feel like it creates a rift in that locker room. Yeah, um, I think the interesting thing about, you know, the whole Breeze uh, debacle um, is that he plays for a team that is in a blue city that is that is located within a red state, right? Um, you know, being, being – I mean, having family from New Orleans and going to New Orleans a lot, it's kind of like the city is its own entity, right? And I just kind of thought that I, I, I couldn't believe how insensitive to the issue um, that Drew Brees was because, you know, he he does community work. He, he's in his community a lot. And New Orleans for for a while is, is, a, is a city that, you know, had to go through a lot of um, ups and downs, and it's a very resilient city. So to kind of see him say that statement, it was like, wow, um, were you actually in the community when you said you were? Like, 
or was it just for NFL cares, you feel me? And I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case at all. But I, I would like to see um, Drew Brees, you know, take more responsibility as far as, um, you know, immersing himself back into his, you know, community for the team that he plays for. Because I guarantee you if he was walking not only foot for foot with his teammates, but um, foot for foot for his city, I don't think he would have made such comments, right? Um, I think he would have been more culturally aware, I should say, not make those comments because, you know, that's you know, pretty much how the guy feels um, or felt, you know, we, we don't know. He, he issued that apology. I would like to see his teammates kind of give them a glimpse of their life and how they have to raise their children, right? Because he, Drew Brees is the number one dad of the league to me by far because, you know, his kids are always around. I would like him, you know, babysit his his teammates' kids for like a day or so just to see, you know, walk, walk them out in their shoes type thing, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, I you mean, know, it, oh, I, go ahead. I okay, yes, yeah, so I was going to say I agree with a lot of, like, the points you're making of, you know, tr like the, that relatability factor. I'm sure when Drew Brees said it, like, I like to th think that knowing him and his background and all of what you're saying, that he kind of mm. deserves some benefit of the doubt. At the same time, it's on him to also just be aware of the reality and what's going on. And the, it, it's just exactly, yeah, it's just like he missed the point of what's happening. It doesn't make him a bad guy. It doesn't mean he's just insensitive jerk. It just means he missed the point. And let, you know, find the way for him, find his way to just connect like with the community like you said the nfl's number one dad like because i could agree with that and um i think that's really what it comes down to at, this, at the end of the day um of course it's gonna he's gonna get a lot of back rightfully so um it's good to see i think michael thomas uh for, like mm -hmm. forgave him his number one that's receiver and like, <laughs> off season have a really good relationship um exactly <laughs> exactly um that's so that's really it you know like I, I, that's the beauty of this thing if it was anybody but Brees, i i don't know it's, i think it'd be a lot more contentious i think it'd be a lot more contradictory uh so it's good uh, it's good that he kind of recognized that and hopefully we'll just look back a month from now and be like oh he said this crazy thing and he didn't realize what he was saying and then that's it he move, we move on to a point i i will agree with that um, but how often do we see things like this happen with people who have a status, people who are in that upper echelon of names where something negative does hit them and something negative does, you know, come out of their mouth or they do something controversial. And then you hear a couple days later, oh, I'm sorry just so everyone forgets about it, right? How often do you see that? Personally, to me, it, you know, the only person who came out and issued or issued an acceptance for his apology was Michael Thomas. Mm. Do you, now, I feel as though Michael Thomas only uh, accepted the apology 
just to make himself look better. Not is in a bad way, but I don't know if Michael Thomas can actually just forgive somebody for the mm. for that type of comment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's probably saying that so they can just get out onto the football field, they can play, but I don't know if he holds any merit on that, you know, except mm. that apology. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because, you know, Michael Thomas, he, he's been documented and, you know, his story has been documented and, you know, he's he grew up in that type of, you know, forgiving environment, you know, with like, like what he said at the ending of his statement was that's what Christians do. Let's play ball. And it, it, it kind of was an homage to how he grew up. You know, I don't think he wants to hold that grudge, right? It's, it's his quarterback. And I think he he wants to help Drew Brees kind of understand the issue because he Drew Brees showed that he doesn't understand, you know. And um, I don't think that he did it for you know popularity points or to make himself look good. I just think that's how he was brought up. He was raised, and it doesn't it doesn't um help the issue to hold the grudge, right? The whole thing, the whole point for the protests and everything is for everybody to kind of find this common ground to where they can finally conversate about, you know, things like this. So, yeah. No, and I yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I, I am hoping that you guys are correct. And I hope that it is Michael Thomas being a bigger person and being able to accept that. But to, to get sh- kind of not shy away from it, but to talk about a little bit of lighter news, I guess we could talk about. Let's talk about the return of the NBA. <laughs> it has been a very, very long two to three months without sports. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I'm excited for the return of the NBA, but I do want to stress that I hope this isn't uh, the Roman Coliseum trick, right? You know, you kind of you kind of um distract the populace with sports. So I just I just I just hope that more activism comes from it and we don't get distracted from what's going on right now. That's a good point. Uh I mean while I do agree that I do hope that it isn't it used as a distraction, I on the other hand think that a lot of people could use a distraction right about now. You know Obviously, we can't stop fighting for what's right. We can't, you know, like I said in that call, we can't take our foot off the gas of the largest civil rights movement in history. But I think it's healthy for people to once, you know, a couple times a week, instead of turning on the news and seeing all the negativity, seeing everything that's happening and what the media is trying to portray to us, rather than being able to just, you know, flip on a Celtics game or a Chicago Bulls game or whatever. So I, I think while it shouldn't be used as a distraction, I think a distraction would be useful. Shifa, you got anything to say, man? I'm just excited. I'm just excited to, to see the playoffs. We you know the NBA is going to be eight more games, and then I, I can't wait to see what they do, how it works. Uh, I'm excited for the new format. Uh, I, I would just go all Lakers, but I'm honestly just excited to see uh, on bo- in both conferences. I'm I'm really curious to see how the first, just that first round, 
I feel the first time in years um, we're gonna have an, we're gonna have like exciting basketball uh, like every year of the playoffs. Um, mm. And to your point, uh, Jared, like, like I agree. I hope I really hope that this is not meant to as some sort of distraction. Um, I just think at the end of the day, the point of sports is to be maybe not so much a distraction, but a welcome uh, escape from reality. Speak so. And as long as we're cognizant of what's going on around us and we continue to have peaceful protests, we continue to be more active and find ways to be to to connect with each other and make a positive difference. At the end of the day, I, that's that's really the point of sports, too. Uh, um, and so, as long as we, know, I, I think, uh, I'm just excited for the NBA. There you go. Absolutely. Well. For what it's worth, I want to say thank you, guys. Um, eventually, we are going to be extending these episodes to an hour long, but we're going to be cutting it at 30 minutes today. Uh, so I wanted to give a huge shout-out to Tyrone, a huge shout-out to Ahmed. Um, you guys can find us, follow us at Backsports page. Uh, we are the Trifecta. You can find me at JournalistJ0 on Twitter. Ahmed, where can everyone find you? My boy's lagging, man. <laughs> yeah, he is. Ty, what about you? Where can people find I'm you? I'm so sorry, man. There's, there's been so much lag on this call. <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, on Twitter, uh, hshifa1194. Uh, uh, I mean, I, and also on Instagram, at ahmedshifa298. Yes, sir. You can find me at tw on Twitter at tyee underscore three. You can find me on Instagram at ty underscore talk sports. Chicago's finest, of course. Tyrone Stower signing out. Absolutely. And again, you guys, every week we'll be back here on Friday nights at 8 p.m. So please check us out. Keep following, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah.